0: I will get vocal response from them. All right. I'm going to talk a few minutes tonight. I won't be long, I promise. I really feel like God has something laid on my heart for each and every one of you guys. Adults, bear with me. I'll be kind of back and forth. i got to get to relate to these young people. So if it sounds corny or, you know, crazy, just bear with me for a few minutes. If you have your Bibles, Judges 6. 11 through 16. Can I get all these young people just to say, yeah, really loud as as you can? Just. All right, let's try it one more time. Ready? Yeah! Good job, good job. All right, I just wanted to do that. All right, Judges 6, starting verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which is... Oprah, Oprah, whatever you want to call it. And there, that pertained unto Joash and his son Gideon. They was threshing wheat in the wine press to hide from the Midianites. And God the, God sent an angel of the Lord, and it appeared unto him, Gideon, and said, The Lord is with thee, the mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why has all this happened to us? In other words, why are they coming to get our city? And you're saying you're with us. That doesn't e- that, that doesn't even think logically in my mind why the God we serve is with us, but all this bad stuff is happening to us. And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked at, looked at him and said, Go in this, thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely, I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. We'll talk a few minutes today on a title called I think I can. And it's not I think I can I, but the I through Christ, God working through me. If you don't know God as your personal Savior, kiddos, Tonight is the night to get him because with him you can do all things, and that's one of my last scriptures. And I'll I'll reiterate that through the whole message is through God, through Jesus Christ that died on a cross, just like that, if not uglier than that, just nasty, okay? And he had thorns in his head, nails in his side, and he died for you guys, each one of each one of you guys, even the teenagers, whether you think so or not. He died for you too. The stuff you're going through, the things you face in school. He died for you guys, and through him, you can do anything. I can do all things, and that's what I'm going to preach on is I think I can. You can be seated. In Judges, throughout the book of Judges up to this point, I had to do some reading so I can get the background of what this story really meant and why Gideon said, "Why why is all this happening to us? In Judges, the Israelites had extreme difficulties in being sold out to God fully. They got stuck in a crisis. This is how the book of Judges usually goes chapter by chapter, skipping little, the little stuff. And they cried out, when they got stuck in a crisis or their problems, they cried out to God for help. God would help them. He would send a man or a woman who was willing to let God use him or her in the crisis to lead the people out, to lead the people out of their circumstance. But I got to reading and noticed that when that prophet or whoever led them out died, the next verse, the next verse, just about every time, says, and then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, when your pastor gets done preaching a message, I'm not, he's not dying. <laughs> don't get that impression. But you go throughout your week and you not you may not hear a message from him until the next Sunday. So what happens is, we tend to you know, kind of the world works it out of us what he's preached. He's preaching, I think I can, I think I can, and the world's going, No, you can't, six days out of the week. No, you can't. So as we go through, it happens to us. And so in our mental minds, when we're reading the Bible, you know it's an old book for the old folks, you know. In our minds we'd criticize the children of Israel. And we'd say, Oh, you should just lean on God for everything you need. You know, you should have got it the first time, right? But even we, even I even us young people do that. We have trouble, uh even when we have troubles in schools with anything, a teacher makes you upset, teacher gives you a bad grade you didn't think you deserve, or your friends are just being mean, or any kind, any school situation or any life situation. And we ask God, please help me. God, I'm sorry, please. I need your help, God, once again. And God will help you. He sends things, maybe not as a person per se, as a prophet like they did in Judges, but as He gives you things like your pastor preaches on peace, joy, happiness, and kindness, and we kind of look over those things. But when we absorb them, we're thankful for a few days. I do this all the time. Okay, we are thankful for a few days, and then the excitement of God bringing us out just it just wears off, and and then we find ourselves back in the same circumstance, needing God's help for the same problem. So the problems that the uh, children of Israel were facing. As they go through the problems threw up Judges, they come to Gideon. And something changed, because I read after Gideon, and it took probably ten chapters. You're going to slip up, okay? I'm not saying once you, you know, you're not going to do anything wrong ever again. But every chapter they were messing up, up to Gideon, and then something happened. Something changed in their brains. Something will change tonight, young people. It says, I don't have to do what they tell me to do every day. I don't. And so... God calls Gideon in the heated situation. Okay, we're gonna call for you kids right here. We're gonna call them Midianite, the Midian meanings. Okay, they were really mean. Okay, they come and took the city from the Israel Israelites. Guess what they did? Every time they got something, the Midianites would just take it away. Okay, every time your parents would give you a dollar, they would just come and just take it away. Just you don't need it. Or every time. Your teacher gave you maybe a good grade or something. The next thing you know, your teacher's going, ah, I made a bad decision. You're getting to <laughs> You know? So, they just take it. They just, they're just trying to grab what good you have left in you. So, Gideon, we find ourselves in the story where Gideon is in, in the backside of his father's house, threshing wheat. Okay? That's what they had to make bread out of. That's what, that's how they ate. So, he's trying to make a living for his family and for his brothers and his sisters and All of a sudden, the Midianites are just coming and trying to take his stuff. So he has to hide and try to make do with what he can. And an angel comes to Gideon and says, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. (laughs) Now we got the background story. We're like, we can kind of (laughs) relate. The Lord is with Gideon? Are you serious? The Lord is with him through him trying to hide from his own friends that he used to have before the Midianites. He's trying to hide from them so he can make a living. So Gideon says, the Lord is with me. What are you saying? And why this is all happening, then why is all this happening to God's people? You know, it's supposed to be God's people. And the angel says, because they disobeyed God. When they done evil, there had to be consequences, if I can say that word. They disobeyed God, but I need you. He needs you, young people. He needs you, you, he needs you adults as well to help these young people. Okay, this is youth service, but that doesn't mean that the adults can't get something out of it either. So he said, I need you to deliver this people. Gideon's response was, I can't. I just, I can't. Not only is my father's house and my father really poor, he's really poor, he ain't got nothing. But I'm the least in that house. It probably means he's the youngest or he doesn't get the respect that his brothers and sisters do, that he just, he can't do it, you know. So the Lord said, I will be with you. That's my whole 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 synopsis is if God's with you, then you can do it. So Gideon got just a few guys together, and it may seem like a large amount to us, but he he built an army of about 32,000 men, which is really, really small compared to what the Midianites had in around 135,000. So then God dropped a bombshell. God said, too many people. You got too many people in your army, Gideon. You're gonna think you done this all by the men you gathered. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off track here. I'll come back to it. Okay. How many knows of the uh, the story of the little engine that could? Raise your hand. All right. All right. Okay. My voice bleeds a little, so pardon. Me. I want to be transparent. Okay. I'm just gonna. It's a youth service. But well, just in case you haven't heard it, here's how it goes. In the tale a long train must be pulled over a mountain. Larger engines are asked to pull the train for various reasons they refuse. The request is sent to a small engine who agrees to try. The engine succeeds in pulling the train over the mountain while repeating its motto, I think I can. The story of the little engine has been told and retold many many times. The underlying theme of it is the same. Is a stranded train it's unable to find an engine willing to help it over a difficult terrain to its destination. Only the little blue engine is willing to try. And while repeating the mantra, "I think I can," "I think I can," overcomes a seemingly impossible task. An early version of when it ju- when it just come out, he says, a little a little railroad engine was employed about a station yard for such a work as it was built for, pulling a few cars on and off the switches. One morning it was waiting for the next call when a long train of freight cars asked a large engine in the roundhouse to take it over the hill. The large engine said I can't, that's too much to pull for me and said said the great engine it was that it was built for hard hard work that engine was and he said no I can't. Then the train asked another engine and another only to hear excuses and to be refused. In desperation, the train asked a little switch engine to draw up the grade and down the other side. I think I can puff the little locomotive and put itself in front of the great heavy train. As it went on, the little engine kept bravely puffing faster and faster. It kept saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. So as it neared the top of the grade, which was so discouraged for the larger engines to get over, it was, it went more slowly sometimes your life seems like it's not going very fast okay so and but it kept saying i think i can i think i can i think i can and it reached the top by drawing on bravery and then went on down the grade congratulating itself by saying i thought i could i thought i could so that story most of you guys have heard it some of you guys have not now you have so what i'm trying to say and what that is saying is no matter what the situation looks like no matter what you seem like you go through throughout the day whether your parents are not in church, whether they are in church, you'll still have to fight with things of when they kind of instruct you, you say, well, they don't know what they're talking about. They're just old. Okay? They're just old. They don't know what they're saying. They don't understand they've never been 12 years old. Okay? So that's how we think. That's how I thought anyway. Maybe I'm just oddball out. But anyway, what I'm saying is no matter what you even go through as a 12-year-old, is important to God. Okay? No matter what you go through as a 16, 18, anywhere in between 150, 900, whatever whatever his name was. They had problems of their own and they were all important to God. In our lives as young adults, high schoolers, middle schoolers, elementary kids, kindergarten kids, adults who are not even in school. What we have is a ton of things on top of what we already have to do, have to do, okay? Like eat, sleep, all kinds of stuff. We have a great deal of stress. I dealt with this a a couple years back even, kind of into this year a little, just trying to get it work out. Stress is deadly, okay? It seems like a small thing, but it is deadly because it just gets you all irritable where you can't talk to anybody But God can help you overcome that. He did for me. So we have a great deal of stress just to get things done. But tonight, okay, tonight, I want everybody here to think about what you do every day consistently. Just take a few seconds to think about that. Every day you do something consistently. Some things are necessities. Some things aren't. And those things that are things that I want you to think, the ones that are not are the things I want you to think about. The thing to help you prioritize the things that you just thought about is beginning with the end in mind. Start by thinking where you want to be, not in your 30s, you know, people, not in your 40s, even though that seems like light years away, okay? But think about your 80s, 90s, 100s. Where do you want to be then? What do you want people to say? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want God to say when you finally pass away, okay? So start here. Work your way backwards to where you are today. Okay. Start where you want to be. Work your way backwards and go for it. Yet you say I can't. Be, but you need to turn that negative thinking. You can't. You you say oh, I don't even know what I'm gonna want to be. You know that's okay. Go as far as you can. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a psychiatrist. I want to be a teacher in a Sunday school. I want to be a pastor. Start there, work your way backwards and say, what do I need to do? Do I need to read more? Of course you got to read more. Course, do I need to pray more? Of course you need to pray more. That's Christian biblical stuff. But do I need to tell pastor I want to teach? You know, or do I need to start telling my teacher that I want to be a doctor? You know, kind of make a path for yourself. Even at a young age, it will help you. I promise. Okay. I'm not that old, so I can kind of relate to you. So positive thinking. I'm going to give you a few things. Okay. And I have everybody just say number one, really loud. Okay. Number one, I'm going to have four of these so you can get louder as we go. Focus on what you're thinking about. Our negative actions and words are coming from our negative thoughts. Our body, including the mouth has no choice but to follow wherever the mind goes. It is. It is possible to control your thoughts regardless of what you've been led to believe. As soon as a negative thought comes into your mind purposefully, on purpose, make it a point to replace it with a positive one. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 will tell us about that. At first, this may take some work, but chances are we will probably have a lot more negative thoughts in our head than positive ones. But eventually the ratio will reverse itself. All right, can I have everybody say number two? All right. Awesome. Getting better. Stop letting other people's negative attitude influence yours. This may mean you need to stop hanging around people who do nothing but spout out negative stuff. Okay? I may not yell and scream, but I'm going to say some good stuff, okay? We (laughs) We can't afford to do this when our goal is to become more positive. The negative people in our life aren't going to like it when we stop participating in the negativity. But just remember, the feathers of a bird always really do flock together. All right, so everybody say number three. Wow, that's awesome. I don't know how you're gonna get much better than that on the last one. All right. Oh, I have five of them. Oops. Make a list of all areas in your life that you want to change. List all your negative attitudes too. If you think, if you can't think of things to put on your list, just ask your family. I bet they'll come up with a really long list. All right, everybody say number four. All right. Take some time to write or think about, put it in your head, a life-giving positive affirmation statement, okay? Things you really love about yourself. I'm good looking. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of girlfriends, a lot of boyfriends. You know, just just get some good things you like about yourself, okay? Make a commitment to read those every day. Have one that says, God loves me, okay? Have one that says, I'm a child of the one true king, okay? Read them out loud or say them in your brain really loud every day. Enjoy how great they make you feel. Know in your heart that you're making progress even when it doesn't seem like it. Just keep affirming the positive. Okay, say, everybody say the last one. Everybody say he's almost done. I'm just kidding, I'm not. Okay, not really. Take time to pray about these, okay? You can't change by yourself. But you can spend time with the one who is able to help. Do what you can and let God do the rest. That's the, I'm just gonna go back because I learned this in school a few weeks ago. About stress. Do what you can and let God do the rest. I mean, you have, if you can do what you can in the time that you've been given and then you, you have to sleep, okay? Do not stay up all night trying to get stuff done. It just ain't worth it. Trust me, I know. So, get what time you've been allotted to do things, kids, if you get get your homework done and what you can, and then maybe watch t v okay so but it'll cut- cut down on stress when you think, "I can't do that, but I'm gonna let God handle it okay i'm gonna I'm just gonna let God deal with my bad attitude my bad what I think is not good parenting, but God'll work that in your heart to where you say, maybe they just mean the good for me okay so just let God do the rest of that. It, it really is just that simple. This process will change how we think, and this is the, and that's the real key to changing how we act, is changing how we think. Remember the body f- follows wherever the mind goes, there's no way to separate the two. So we might as well program in what we want instead of randomly leaving it to chance. I heard, I hear a lot of things, and here's for the high schoolers. I heard, heard, hear, you hear a You hear a lot of people say, YOLO, and you want to do something, okay? YOLO. You only live once, okay? How many have heard that? Raise your hand. Okay. Now, God spoke to me a couple months ago that you only live once. Why are we taking this in a bad sense of why I got to drink and why I got to smoke and why I got to do this and do that? Why can't I say I only got one life to live to live for God? I only got one life to live to bring my friends in. I only got one life to live... You're only going to live once, so make the most of it. Not in what the world tells you to do. Not in what your parents tell you to do. Not even, your pastor helps a lot. But what God says to do will flow through your pastor, okay? So, I just, that was not even, that was great. But you can't just leave it to chance of what you're thinking and what you want to act on and what you want to put in this brain, okay? Because this world is trying to mess up what God has created the brain to do. It's created the brain to think of the goodness and the greatness of God, but it's pra- programming in to say, God who? There is no God. I don't need God. I can do it by myself. That's what the world's trying to program, program into us, is television is telling these kids, you can be whatever you want to be. You are who you are. Pastor Shoulders preached it last Sunday. You're not who you are, per se, as much as You are who your daddy says you are. The heavenly father says you are. Not as much as what, see, this whole thing of I am who I am and you ain't going to change me. (laughs) This world is telling you who you are. You just don't know it. So have a determination to say God says I'm a beautiful young lady. I'm a a handsome young man. I don't have to do these things because God lives in me. And he's going to live out through me. I'm going to show him out, okay? Just know that God's version of the right attitude contains nothing negative. And if we want God's best for our life, it starts with right thoughts and his thoughts to be exact. Now, the devil, after saying that, the devil will come in, okay? After hearing all that good stuff, all that encouraging stuff and ready to go, the devil will come in maybe after the service, maybe tomorrow in school, or maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right before Sunday service. He come in, he's walking to and fro, okay? That's what the Bible says, seeking person that he's wanting to devour, and he's going to remind you of the mistakes you made, the commitment you made tonight. He's going to tell you, "Oh, you didn't really mean that. God doesn't really love you. You can't really do what you want to do. Just go back out there, do what do what you did before. It's going to be all right." But don't let the past mistakes. Okay, even these young kids have made mistakes. Kids, don't let your past mistakes. Don't let what you did yesterday, the bad things you got in trouble for, or the things you got grounded for. Don't let them keep you from the anointing and power of God God has placed in your life. Peter, great example. He was ashamed and even denied God three times, okay? Jesus told him he would. He did. But he was the one responsible for over 3,000 souls in the book of Acts 2, in chapter 2 of Acts. We all know it. Repent and be baptized. He come up. He wrote that whole thing. It's hard to think about that he was the one that denied Jesus. So what you did yesterday doesn't matter, okay? So God, so Gideon, as God was taking away his army, had to had to have I think I can attitude because he would have he never walked away saying this is impossible. I I don't think the Gideon, as God was taking away his army and not tearing it down per se, but in Numbers he was taking away, taking away. That Gideon said this is getting impossible. Oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. I feel like per, spiritually I I just feel like the Gideon said. You know what? The God in me is working through me. He had the guts to come on the backside of my father's house to find me, threshing wheat, trying to hide. He must really see something in me. He must really see something in me, and I have to have an I think I can attitude to go through with this, or else this will all fail. So instead he stuck in with until the end, and in the end God gave Gideon the victory with 300 men. 300 men take over 135,000. And in the end, Gideon can say, I thought I could. Not I thought I could, but I thought I could. But I thought the God in me could. So I'm closing. Musicians or whoever is coming can come. i just got a few more scriptures. In Acts 17, verse 6, and then I'll jump to verse 11. Let me get down here so I can read it. So this is what it says. And when they found them not. They drew Jason. Okay? They were talking about Paul and Silas. They were preaching the word. Uh, they put Paul and Silas in jail. All, all that good stuff that happens in the book of Acts. And it says, certain brethren, They drew to Jason, certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. If we skip by that, I, I, I have for a long time, and I realized Paul and Silas didn't turn their world upside down. So, your pastor does a great job. I'm, I'm positive of that. But it said those who are acquainted with Paul and Silas, his brethren, his, Jason, who, you know, wasn't even involved in the preaching. They turn their world upside down. So, guys, even though you're not the youth pastor, you're not the pastor, you're not some great, rich, powerful person, you can turn your world upside down. Okay? So, in verse 11, it says, and these were noble, more noble than those of Thessalonica, in that they received the word. Okay, this is the reason they turned the world upside down. This is why they turned the world upside down. They received the word with all readiness of mind. They received what the preacher was preaching, not just me, pastor, you pastor, whatever. Searched the scriptures daily, they had a personal relationship with God, and whether, whether those things were so. So they turned the word upside down because they were sold out. They had mistakes. They had troubles, but they were sold out. They were ready. They had. I, I. I know I can do this. I can turn my world upside down by bringing in people, my friends, my family. They need to see this. They have to see this. Hebrews ten. and I'm almost done. Be Hebrews ten twenty three through twenty five. Let us behold. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another provoked unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting or encouraging one another so much more as you see the day approaching. What this scripture in my mind is, what I got from God is, you per, you guys, even though you may say something to each other that you may not like, like, you need to come up here and repent. okay? That's not mean as per se is, I love you enough that I don't want you going to hell. I want you to go to heaven. I want you to have God in your heart that you can do what God has made you to do and hold fast to the profession of your faith. Profess it to the people outside, okay? So if you hold tight to it, you'll you'll ask your friends to come in, and they'll come in and grab all all they can out of it. So having the I think I can attitude really comes from the Scripture in Philippians 4.13. We all know it, okay? I I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. The attitude of I think I can comes from that, okay? That's how you know. I, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. See, I've heard people, and I've done it before, that cut it about halfway through and says I can do all things. But you can't do anything without God nothing 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 you're just going to live this world going through life just being tossed every way you can by what this world says you got to be what you got to look like what you got to wear but instead when you say through christ you say it doesn't matter what i wear as long as i'm wearing what god says is appropriate for his kingdom if i'm not going to show off everything i got to everybody else but I ain't gotta wear what they say I gotta wear. I'm gonna wear what God says I gotta wear. And not only in just clothing. I'm not just getting, I'm talking about in our, in our lives personally. I ain't got, I ain't gotta look at that website. Come on. I mean, it's real. It's real. We, ha- we face it. We face it. Whether you want to deny it or not. We face it. So if you guys will all stand with me. I want all these young kids, whoever wants to come up here and pray. Or actually, I want all of you praying. pray. Come on. Come on, let's get up here in the altar. All right. If any high schoolers want to come, they can come too. Not high school, not high school, whatever. All right. So they're fisting to sing, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Play some music. That's fine. What I want you guys to do, okay? I want you to lift up your hands as high as you can. Stretch it up as high as you can. All right. Okay. I want you to just close your eyes and say, God, I love you. And say, God, I can do things through you that I can't do by myself. Okay, I want you guys to truly believe that, okay? That God died for you guys. God's going to do things through you that your parents couldn't do. Okay? Okay? This little girl, I watched her up here dancing. She'll lay hands on people and they're gonna recover. This little girl's gonna, may preach the word, be a pastor's wife. All these other young men and young women. You don't know what they're gonna do, but God does. And let them venture out into God's grace and glory to do what God, don't let them venture out into this world, go to parties and do all kinds of, but let them read the word more. Don't say, hey, come watch this TV show. Say, hey, come pray with us. Come read the Bible with us. We're going to read a chapter of the Bible. They really want that. They're not going to tell you because we may not have taught them that. Okay? So, we got to just get them. They want God. They really do want God. But you have to show them God. The God that lives in you is what they're going to see, parents, friends. The God in you is what they're going to really see. Are you going to let him show out? Are you going to let him? actually speak to their lives, okay? I want all you guys to raise your hands again, all right? I want you just to pray to God. Just say, whatever you want to say, I love you, God, I worship you, I praise you. You can go ahead and play the music, all right? I'm going to pray for you guys, okay?